0: Log Talks
1: Radio. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron 4
1: Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Adrian. Aaron.
0: Good evening, everybody. It's uh, May 28th, 2021, our final show for May. I am back. This is Aaron, and Alan will be joining me shortly here tonight on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. Happy to have you on tonight. Hopefully you're listening live. If not, you're catching up with us here at a later point on iHeartRadio. Tonight, we're going to be discussing several topics, including uh, news from the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and as always, boxing and golf will be part of our discussion here tonight, a variety of topics, and I want to bring in the number one man on the show, that is Alan. Alan, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing wonderful, thank you for asking.
0: How about yourself, Aaron? How are you doing? Uh, glad to be back. I tell you what, um, between you and me and the rest of our audience, I, middle of last week, uh, was... Uh, getting my second vaccine, and I was told ahead of time that it might uh, potentially lead to a little bit of uh, not feeling well, and let me just tell you, I was shut down for about two, three days after that happened, so I'm back now. I'm 100% healthy. Glad to get that out out of the way. Not a fun experience, but uh, much better, I guess, than uh, having to deal with uh, the consequences of catching the virus itself. Again, happy to be back in a lot of processes here, though, because uh, this is the last show I'll be doing here from my current home. I actually will move into a new home here next week. We'll have a brand new uh, studio, so I'm looking forward to getting caught up to speed there and doing our show from my new uh, office here uh, next uh, next Friday. We'll be starting that out. So uh, how has your last few weeks, uh, Alan, been?
2: It's been great. You know, life is good. I mean, it's real hot here in Florida now. <laughs> Not much rain, but it's sunny, so that's a nice thing, and weather's been good, but life has been, been pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Nice and relaxing. I'm glad that you're back. It's nice that you're back, and I'm sorry to hear about definitely your sickness. It sounds like it really beat you down, but I'm also glad and happy that you got your, your new house, so definitely congratulations to your new home.
0: Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Awesome. It's an
0: exciting It's an exciting time, but uh, moving is definitely for the birds. Definitely don't want to have to do that again anytime soon. I want to go right into tonight's topics. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff on our show to get to here in the next hour or so. A lot of uh, storylines, really, uh, these last several days. Uh, I'm not sure who has uh, seen this or not. It may have been a story that kind of got um, thrown to the back pages to some degree. But um, remember the name Dominique Wilkins, he was a star player for the Atlanta Hawks in I believe the 80s and 90s, and he might have played into the early 2000s, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, obviously, uh, his name has come up in the headlines here in the last uh, week or so with an incident that happened uh, there in, uh, I believe it was Buckhead, which is in Atlanta. Uh, Alan, tell us a little bit about what uh, what happened there, and then we'll go for your take on uh, on what occurred. Yes, definitely.
2: It was a, an incident that happened on May 22nd in, in Atlanta, a restaurant in Atlanta called Les Kit, a French restaurant in the Georgia capital. And it, it seemed like a nice, casual, upscale type of restaurant from the pictures of it. I've never eaten at this restaurant. But when Dominique went to go in and eat with him and a couple of friends, the patron at the front basically said number one we don't have any tables and then two they responded by looking looking at his attire and said well you're not dressed appropriate anyway so basically to deflect the fact that they didn't have tables they mentioned about his dress code he didn't they actually have a dress code at this restaurant that they felt he didn't meet the the criteria for that and plus they didn't have any tables so he was Dominique Wilkins was denied service. And, and you know, I, after getting some more details, he kind of pleaded his case to get a table and they stuck to their guns and said, no, we don't have a table and you're not a appropriate. Dominique Wilkins did what unfortunately uh, most people do in this day and age. And he went to social media, tweeted about it. And basically that became a storyline later. The, Restaurant made two tweets publicly. They basically first reiterated their dress code, that they do have that in place. That was something that they have, and it's ever-involving. And then the second tweet was basically giving Dominique Wilkins an apology for the treatment that he received. And then later, in the whole Dominique, this story really caught some, some wind on social media, and then it went all the way up to CNN, where he got an interview with Don Lemon, and he was actually a guest, Dominique Wilkins. So, I'll give you my take on it in a moment, but I want to kind of get your initial thoughts on the Dominique Wilkins situation.
0: Yeah, for, first things first. Uh, you mentioned the name of the restaurant. Here's always been my rule of thumb: if I can't pronounce the name of the restaurant and spell it out, I probably am not going to eat there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other. That's a whole nother topic for a whole other time. Um, I, I I said this to see you off there earlier, um, in. This is no disrespect to Dominique Wilkins. When was the last time that he was a relevant person in the NBA? This this is somebody who, in my opinion, and and I'm I'm being honest here, I think this is somebody who, you know, as I said, he was big in the 80s and the 90s and certainly a star in Atlanta. Don't get me wrong, but this seems to me, just on the surface, at least from the article that I've read and the the details that are out there, and maybe there's something that we're not privy to that's not being mentioned, but it seems to me this is somebody who kind of got their feelings hurt. And like you said, a lot of times people nowadays, before they really look at all the details, they're too quick to go to social media. And of course that is an avalanche that just sets everything off. People get emotional and they begin to discuss things and it turns into something that maybe it really wasn't. Um, My feeling is this, and I've I've eaten at some very fine restaurants before, uh, both, uh, you know, here in the United States, I've been on cruises before, where you're required to wear a suit and tie or a you know nice attire. If a restaurant has a dress code, they typically post that dress code at the door or somewhere on the menu or on their website or you know wherever it happens to be. Oh, and he, catch- I, from my understanding, I believe he knew. So, so in my opinion, um, you know, I'm going to go
2: for one second. We have a caller come in. Let me yeah. just do that real quick, and we'll continue this forward. Welcome to the Aaron and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Is it Alan or Aaron? This is Alan, and I have Aaron on the line, but this is Alan speaking. How you doing, oh.
1: Luke? <laughs> All right. Oh, you guys are on the phone together. Okay. Oh, I should have waited. Yeah, <laughs> just, I know I Aaron's <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm back, Lou. I'm no longer no longer out with the um, ill effects of the COVID vaccine, which got me last week, unfortunately. So, <laughs> how oh, are you, kindly?
1: I'm sorry. Yep. All right. Well, I'm well. I'm gonna be getting uh, the first doses this weekend, so I'm gonna be oh, wow. halfway there.
0: You'll be fine. Yeah. Just drink lots of fluids. That helped me out tremendously. So.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Well, better than what's been going with the Knicks tonight. Ugh. Awful. Awesome. <laughs> 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 so if we bring us up to speed
2: on the Knicks now.
1: Well, let's put it this way: there were no there were no match tonight for Atlanta. I mean, going to going down there, but look, it's only a two to one, not three 0 oh, So we still have, we still have a shot at this. I think maybe we can bounce back in Game Four after tonight. You no, know, we could use it. Yeah, that's good. You know, nice. I mean, that it's game loose. was downright but ugly.
0: Gotta ask you this, Lou, um with, with um, the play in Atlanta. Was was Dominique Wilkins in the starting lineup for the uh, Hawks tonight?
1: Well, you know, I think he was. I think early <laughs> in the first quarter. <laughs> okay. So that could be a reason why they lost so bad. Yeah. Yeah. The ghost of Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is I your
0: take it. on I don't I don't know if you know that story or not, what with what happened here a week or so back for him in Atlanta. What what are your thoughts on that?
1: well um, uh, I didn't get the full. I didn't get the full story actually, but I did, I did hear some. I did hear something. Yeah. Oh. Former athletes in their return to glory. That's what they want, don't they? Seems <laughs> seems
0: seems to be the case uh, here again. And, and yeah, you know they're I, I always am one who errs on the side of caution when it comes to any kind of story because there's a there's always. So a let me guess. He was to trying it, to pull
1: so. a Charles Oakley. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it just got out of hand, and, and like I said, I think it avalanched and, and, and turned into, you know, the media gets a hold of it, and the media always has whatever way they want to spin things, and unfortunately, now it's where it is um, yeah. here at this point. So, so, tell us a little about, too, um, you being in New York, obviously, uh, what was it, a week and a half ago, Corey Kluber threw the no-hitter, and now he's had some yeah. injury issues. Tell us a little bit about where the Yankees are right now.
1: Well, they're holding their own right now. I mean, they're only a game out of first place. So, despite, you know, this uh, unfortunate incident, they're holding their own right now. I mean, you know, I mean, it was a great moment, a great moment, though. I mean, our first here in 22 years, and, you know, Yankees have come up a high, and then you get this. But I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a long injury. So, that's that's the one good thing.
0: Well, and the Yankees also have. Let's keep in mind deep pockets. If they need something at the deadline coming up here in uh, just about two months,
1: and a good they can get what they need, and don't forget, um, you know, a good a good um, minor league system.
0: Yeah, and they definitely do. I mean that that's been one of the big uh, things that's propelled them. I mean, you go even back to the '90s when they were acquiring players at the deadline; they would not be afraid to move a Nick Johnson or. Uh, Ricky Leday or whoever it was they had in their system at the time yeah. uh, to, uh, to get the talent that they needed in return. So wouldn't shock me to see them. I, I thought this, no, this is one of the longest stretches in the last 30 years without a World Series title for the Yankees. So they're really definitely, in my opinion at this point, especially with the talent they have on their Major League roster and the payroll they have along, uh, along with that, um, I think they're going to go all in uh, here going forward. Wouldn't shock me right. to see two – um, a name that's popped up, if the Nationals are not in contention, wouldn't shock me to see them maybe make a push to go after um, Max Scherzer. And you imagine him pitching in that rotation with, uh, with uh, like, Garrett Cole and oh, wow. the rest of the crew yeah. they have there. That would really be a tough rotation to get past. Yeah, I mean, definitely.
2: Adding Swartz there, that definitely would be a, an awesome – and the Yankees are doing pretty good. They're only a game out, considering where they've been yeah. to where they're at. That's a big turnaround.
0: Yeah, that's really a wide open division right I'm now. I'm not surprised the, though.
1: I mean, I knew they're going to turn around yeah. sooner or later. I mean, that early start of the season didn't didn't um, surprise me much at all. It happens. Yeah. you know the thing about thing about
0: baseball, and I, I always I forget this every single year, um, and usually about in the middle of May end of May or even the beginning of June it kinda comes back to me. It's a it's it's not a sprint. It's a it's a marathon. marathon. And if you start out too quick, you're gonna tire yourself out. And if you make knee jerk reaction roster decisions or changes to your to your normalcy of your lineup in your clubhouse, those things tend to have an ill effect for you as well. So I think the teams that can resist but don't get me wrong, an injury comes up that you're going to lose a guy for the year. You've got to make a move at some point. But yeah. you have a lot of time to be able to determine those things. Now, you can say that for a lot of teams. And I think it really comes down to baseball is a game of patience. And I think those teams that understand their roster and their chemistry of their roster are the ones that are going to have the most success. You look at the Dodgers a couple of years ago. They were really terrible until June and they just rolled the rest of the year. The Nationals two years ago, I mean, they were under yes. 500 this point in the season, and they ended up winning the whole thing. So, um, so I wouldn't uh, – I'll tell you what, that's a, a team that I would not want to face in the no. postseason. If they're healthy or even somewhat healthy, they are a scary team to face. The Mets, on the other hand, with all those injuries, I mean, they are the Mets. Maybe something yeah. will happen good for them this year, but, you know, this Maybe. injury to – Syndergaard now is probably going to, uh, from my understanding, he's he's going to miss some more time. So it's yes. really just kind of a what one team going one direction, one team not really sure where they're headed, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I,
1: agree at home, but on the road it's a different story.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you and lose, apparently it's oh. raining up in New York tonight, so there's not any game uh, happening there in. Uh, right in uh, Flushing, so.
1: No. Because I was wondering that myself. I mean, the Mets were scheduled to play tonight, but uh, they didn't. And uh, my significant other is a Mets fan. Ah, there you go. There you (laughs) go. But I'm a Yankee fan, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: so the Yankees are in good shape. If if Lou says they're in good shape, they're in real good shape.
1: And uh, and what about the Knicks? Do you think they'll make it out? make it? Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll make it. I my prediction's shot out of the window now, but that team is stomach. What a sweep? No, I said five. Oh,
2: it's it's okay. All right. Well it's as long as they win the series. I mean, hey, they haven't been in a players in a long time. If you get past the first series, that's a plus. Yeah. I mean that's, you know, definitely a big plus for the Knicks. So yeah. So definitely you got your show tomorrow between five and seven? Yes. Okay, so what you sports talking? show.
1: Uh, you know we're going to be you know we're going to be talking about the hockey and basketball playoffs as well. Um, okay. If there's any uh, auto racing fans in the house, so I'll take your thoughts on Sunday's Indianapolis 500. Uh, we'll discuss more on the baseball yeah. injuries because there's a lot of them happening, of course. Um, and well, and we got our special features as well. Uh, we'll also have a uh, PGA Championship Golf recap. So I always recap, you know, from the week before in the major events. So if you got time between 5 and 7 tomorrow, take down this following number, 512-543-4662. I'll repeat that again, 512-543-4662.
2: That's right. In 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone, Enhanced Sports Show, and I'm going to do my best to call in during the show for you, Tulu. Lou. Uh, Great. Last week, uh, I mentioned that was my wife's birthday. I couldn't couldn't call in.
1: That's right. Oh, it was, your, it was her birthday. I thought it was from somebody else. I thought no, it, was it was another colleague, wife. but it was you. It was you. It was you. No, I thought it, it was, was a the, colleague yeah. from another show, but it's you.
2: It. <laughs> it was, no, it was my wife's. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll do my best to call in tomorrow between 5 and 7 and, and at that 512-543-4662 right. four, four, six, six, number and Looking forward to a great discussion to you tomorrow. Aaron, you're welcome, too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I really, really appreciate it, and the opportunity will be there before too long, so definitely will appreciate okay. it. And I'm sorry, I didn't have the name of your show. I'm looking for uh, for the – you have a Facebook page for it?
1: Um, well, I have a Facebook site. If you're thinking of looking on Blog Talk, don't, don't go there. I'm on Uber.
0: <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Uber, yeah. yep. But just dial the number. You don't need anything else again. Just dial the number, and I'll get you in.
0: Got you there. All right. <laughs> just
1: don't look for it's called the Enhanced Sports Show. The Enhanced Sports Show. Yep. Just don't Perfect. go to just don't go to um, Blog Talk to find it because you won't find it there. Oh,
2: <laughs> Lou. But yeah, I look right. forward to talking to you tomorrow, and, and looking forward to a great time.
1: All right. Thanks. I'm counting on Thank you. All right,
2: sounds good. I'll be there, and also we appreciate you give us call in tonight. Really do. Always a pleasure.
1: I had, yeah, I had, I had time. I had time. Tonight. My other show is off for this week, so I had time to come in earlier. No problem.
2: Any time that you call in, you're always welcome. We really appreciate you tremendously.
1: Next week might be a problem, but regardless, I'll be back the following week. I can't guarantee, I can't guarantee next week. I'll see if I can do that.
2: I appreciate you letting me know that, though.
1: All right. All right, guys. Thanks.
0: Lou, have, have a, a great,
1: great night. Be- Thanks for calling in. <laughs> that's, that's. Well, uh, all right, that's
0: the uh, always always fun to talk to our our uh, excellent guest Lou. He is a frequent caller to the Alan Aaron Sports Talk podcast, and this is something actually he brought up that we didn't really plan to discuss tonight. But this is Memorial Day weekend, and one of my favorite events in any sport uh, happens this time of year. It is the Indianapolis Five Hundred. It is the greatest spectacle in racing. And I believe this is the 110th running of the race. Um, I know we don't really talk a whole lot about uh, motorsports on here, but Alan, uh, do you have any interest yourself in, um, in IndyCar racing, the IndyCar series?
2: I, car racing, not as much NASCAR more so. And I mm-hmm. know with the, you know, Pitbull being a part owner, as well as Michael Jordan, it definitely sparked my interest, but you know, Indy racing is something I know is big here in Florida. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. what we expect this weekend?
0: Well, I mean, it's a tradition. Um, you know, I've been watching car racing, and in particular the Indy 500, since I was probably five years old. So wow. the things that always stand out to me are it is obviously Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, the winner obviously sips the, the cup of milk. Uh, they have the Board Warner uh trophy for the winner in winner's circle uh used to be that uh gym neighbors uh, who passed away here several years ago would sing back home again in indiana so there's a lot of tradition that goes along with it a lot of fanfare and there's a lot of stuff that leads up to it you have all the practice sessions for the entire month you have qualifying the week or so before um, so anybody who's into motorsports it's something that's going to catch your eye for sure and it's just one of those things. It's, it's an American tradition, really. I mean, it's, it's like hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill. It's that way for, <laughs> yeah. for indie racing. So, um, for me, I used to watch indie car racing a little bit more than I do now, uh, when I was a little bit younger, but this is a race that I always watch every single year religiously. It is something that I do not miss, uh, for pretty much any reason if I can avoid it. So, um, I'm actually planning hopefully hopefully uh next year to actually attend uh up in uh, up in Indianapolis. Um, it's always been one of my bucket list things, so hopefully uh, a year from now I can uh, report back to the show uh some of the great things that I've seen and just the the um the awe of being able to see those cars go two hundred and forty miles an hour around the track so um so I want to move on here tonight to Alan the next part of our show. And, again, you and I have discussed a lot of this stuff off air. Uh, big news in the NBA. Obviously, the playoffs are are uh, upon us here. But we had some some things happen with uh, the star of the show, if you will, LeBron James. Um, get right to the question. Should he have been suspended by the league for violating the COVID protocol? What are your thoughts there?
2: You know, it, it initially when I checked into the story, I felt as if, LeBron was getting the star treatment, meaning he may have crossed the line and the league kind of, kind of swept it into the rug because it's LeBron James. He's the offender. Definitely the biggest star in the NBA, one of the biggest stars in the NBA. Fan favorite, whether you like his political views or not. Can't deny who he is. At first, when I initially read about it, I thought automatically the league should have suspended him but, you know, one of the things that our society doesn't do a lot is actually check into all the facts. I went ahead and checked into the facts. Allegedly, what, is, what LeBron did, so the people who don't know, he showed up to an event that he was part going to be basically one of the advertisers of it with Drake and some other celebrities. It was an outdoor event, and the event allegedly was supposed to have people that have either A, tested negative, or B, been vaccinated. Those are the two people, those are the two criteria you had to meet in order to be at this event, and it was outdoors. LeBron James basically made a cameo appearance there, and he left. You know, he enjoyed the facility, but he left, and he didn't get suspended by the league. That's something that, you know, the league usually does suspend you for. The league's response was, that LeBron was attending an outdoor event where those two criteria were met, and because of those two criteria are met, they didn't feel as if he actually broke any rule, and they didn't suspend him. I, I think it's a ton of a dicey situation, but underneath the circumstances, those two criteria are, are met in the event. Then yes, I, I would have to say LeBron. It was right that he did not get suspended. The only time I think somebody should get suspended, whether you're LeBron James or not, is if you actually broke a league protocol. Underneath those guidelines, it doesn't sound like he broke a league protocol. So I would have to say I kind of agree with them not suspending him. What are your thoughts on it?
1: That's a
0: good good point. Uh, and I'm a letter of the law type of guy. I, I'm I'm the kind of person you know by the books. But you brought up a good point there. Um, what does the rule actually say? So you actually – I'm not saying you necessarily swayed me to look at it this differently, but you're absolutely right. Our society does not look at the facts before they come out <laughs> with an opinion. Um, everything is always one-sided. I'm always I, – I try to be – and everyone has their knee-jerk reaction um, assessments. We're all like that. That's how we're wired as a society nowadays. But I think it's important in these situations to let the dust settle. Let all the facts come out before making an assessment, and what you just said right there was something I wasn't even aware of until you said it there. Again, I don't know what the exact rules are that the league has spelled out. I know they're probably changing all the time yeah. with everything that's gone on in the last year or so, but based on what you're telling me there, based on what I'm hearing now, I mean it doesn't look good for him; it certainly isn't uh you know a, a positive in his corner for sure. Um, But what it sounds like to me is someone was looking for a reason to bring a story into that wasn't really there. I mean, yes, it makes sense. If this had been an indoor event or this is, hey, I'm LeBron James, and I don't really care what the league has to say to me, that's a different story. And absolutely, if that was the case, if he had violated the protocol, absolutely, you have to suspend your biggest player. Because if you can't suspend the biggest name in your league at this point, then you can't suspend anybody. That's the only way I really no. looked at it. If you if you can't suspend the biggest star, then the little guy that nobody knows a whole lot about, he can't be suspended either. I mean, you, the, the big name is the guy who should be the example. Um, so, so I, I I agree based on what you're telling me. And again, I hadn't read anything in, into the story any deeper and, and until you mentioned that there. But yes, if 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 the protocol wasn't broken, and if so it sounds like maybe there's a loophole there, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the league actually has stated on paper, but it sounds like if those individuals, it was outside, like you mentioned, and it sounds like, you know, they were either vaccinated or had tested you know, negative for uh, having no rules been broken. Probably doesn't look good for him, but again, that is what it is. So I don't see anything really there that's anything other than just a story to talk about and, people get riled up over it kind of thing so um. yeah that's
2: right and, and <laughs> right and that's the thing that that our society needs to do is check into the facts and get all the information before you formulate an opinion i did want to touch and give you my quick input on dominique wilkins i i just had to get this out there after doing the research and checking into dominique wilkins you're absolutely right i've you know, happy birthday! You know, again to my wife. We actually went to Oyster Catchers, and that's a very upscale restaurant. I, I that we went to. Baker Mayfield is actually eaten there with his fiance when the Browns came in to uh, to Tampa when they played. So it is a very nice upscale restaurant. It probably doesn't have as much of a dress code. As it sounded like the the place that Dominique Wilkins went, but it's very expensive. And I've eaten at, you know, a lot of expensive restaurants. I've been blessed in that that regard. After checking into the facts of Dominique Wilkins, I don't feel as if his incident was race-related. I think it was a situation where he, like, as to your point, Aaron, he got his feelings hurt. They didn't really – they didn't know who he was, so they didn't really – Make a real deal effort to try to go ahead and accommodate him if somebody recognized who he was, he would have probably got the star treatment, and that star treatment was if they didn't have any tables, they probably would have made a table somehow in the middle of the floor, pulled out something in the back row in the back seat, put a tablecloth on it, and boom, served
0: them. you know what twenty five twenty five years ago that probably would have happened too when he was still that probably
2: would have happened plan the. League, in Atlanta, so. <laughs> this is in Atlanta. It's not in a place where you're not. It's uncommon for you to see black folks. It is in Atlanta, so mm. you know. After doing the research, I think Dominic was kind of quick to to throw out the race card. But I think more than anything, he was his feelings were hurt. They didn't recognize him. They didn't treat him. He got the common folk treatment, <laughs> and I kind of had to laugh a little bit about it because this is the common folk treatment meeting they didn't treat you like a celebrity they didn't recognize you this is a situation where somebody like myself could run into hey we don't have any tables and they look you up and said to kind of deflect that they don't have tables and by the way your tire's not right it's not yeah. necessarily a race thing it's, it's it's too many gray areas for him to say it was race related and then mm-hmm. i even today the news try to make a story of it again because because another basketball player did eat there today and earlier today, and he was dressed in kind of like sweats and stuff. And they said, well, it was early in the day. Their dress code is not as strict early in the day. (laughs) It was Lamar Odom, right? Wow. Right? It was Lamar Odom. So he ate. Somebody probably recognized Lamar. Lamar is, at this time, a bit more popular than Dominique. No offense to Dominique, but like you said, he played in the 80s and 90s. Unfortunately, those times are past. Lamar Odom doesn't play either, but he is, I would say, more, more recognizable recent. because <laughs> yeah. of the Ardennesian thing.
0: Yeah, more recent. Yeah, yeah.
2: More recent. So I
0: yeah.
2: I don't think it's, it's it had anything to do with his race. I think his feelings got hurt. Because he didn't get the star treatment, and that's what happened. And that's my take on the Dominic Wilkins situation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, moving on to some more uh, on-the-field stuff. Uh, This was in the works for probably several weeks, and then it finally happened this past week. You have uh, the team with the number one pick in the NFL draft here a month or so ago, Jacksonville Jaguars, they have... Um, Trevor Lawrence now as their leader. You bring in Urban Meyer, who is a very well-decorated, very successful first stint in the NFL. We're going to find out whether this works. So now he has brought in uh, a fan favorite and a guy who some people just absolutely hate too, Tim Tebow. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tim Tebow coming in to play tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars?
2: I think it's definitely an interesting hire because there are tight ends in the league that have played the position that you could sign in a free market area that will be probably better fit than Tim Tebow to start with. Not to say Tim can't do it. I respect Tim for making a change in position. And I think it's it's a situation where Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow have a lot of history. This is a situation where Irvin, that's the advantage you have with being a head coach. He looked out for his friend Tim Tebow and gave an opportunity. And I know Tim is going to work his butt off, his tail off, to to prove the doubters and and prove that he belongs in the NFL. Number one and number two, that he could play as a tight end. It is it is an interesting hire. It is a bit risky of a hire for Irvin because of the fact that you have tight end is not a position that. You it's not a it's not a, a a quarterback position. You're gonna get hit. You're gonna get hit. Gronkowski can tell you that. You're not gonna just get hit. You're gonna get hit bad when you're tight end, yeah. catching those balls over the middle. So it is an of higher. It is it is something that I give Tim Tebow a lot of credit of getting it. What are your thoughts on on the hire?
0: Um, this is something that I, I think uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on this one actually. Um, he's used to getting hit. I mean when he played at Florida. He took shot after shot after shot after shot. Guys were lining up to want to hit Tim Tebow when he was playing quarterback in Florida. And I think to the same degree, even more so, when he was with Denver and briefly with the Jets, even though he didn't really play much in New York. Uh, I do think this was a, a connection. This was nothing um, out of the ordinary. It's a connection. I mean, he and he's had opportunities the last several years. He, he had a tryout with the Eagles a few years ago. That didn't work out. He had a tryout, I want to say, in 2013 with the Patriots. That didn't work out. I give him credit because he has stayed in immaculate shape for 33, I think is what his age is now. Um, he, he has never given up on the dream. And it maybe would have done him good, in hindsight, to have maybe tried this experiment out several years ago and maybe maybe tried to you know play tight end. His dream was to be a quarterback. He had already right to want to hold on to that. And I think now this is a situation where, you know, you have a new guy coming into coach at a new level. So I I would almost look at it this way. I know this is probably a really weird analogy, but if you ever start a new job or you go to a new school and there's somebody there that you knew from where you worked before or where you went to school before, it's almost a comfort level thing from probably both Urban Meyer's side of things and Tim Tebow's side of things. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of storylines. There's a lot of things that I think are going to be kind of talked about about this. But keep in mind, this is an offense that we've never really seen in the NFL either with, with the type of offense that Urban runs and whether it's going to be successful or not, the jury's out on that. We won't know that for a few years, but to bring in a guy that can block he may not catch a whole lot of passes. He may just be there to block who knows, but you know, they can always run the wildcat. They can, you know, run some different kind of trick plays that you may only see in college. So there's a lot of interesting things about this. And if nothing else, you know, it takes the the spotlight off of urban Meyer coming into the NFL. Is he going to be the next Jimmy Johnson? You know, is he going to be the next great college coach that went on and had a great NFL run kind of a thing. So, I think it's a good fit. I think that, um, you know, him playing tight end anywhere else probably wouldn't have made sense. So it's one of those things where this was really probably his last shot in NFL job. You weren't going to have a team call him and say, hey, come play quarterback. Let's be honest and fair there. That wasn't going to happen. And anywhere else, if it hadn't been Urban Meyer or maybe another former Florida coach, you know, coaching in the NFL, he probably wouldn't have seen this happen. So, um, but kudos to him. You know, he, he, Tim, Tim's a positive guy. And it's so interesting that so many people hate on him for a variety of reasons. But this is, this is a guy who is a kind of a model citizen in a lot of ways. (laughs) You know, these things they throw out there at him are just so, in my opinion, so uh, unwarranted to some degree. So um, I hope he goes out there and proves people wrong. Um, because I think there's a lot of people out there who really, for whatever reason, again, they don't care for him, and you know that is what it is.
2: Yeah, you you brought up some great points. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of hate to Tim Tebow, and it's not really fair. This is predates even this hire. That throughout his career, I feel as if Tim has been really, really given a – a bad, bad rap from a lot of people for nothing that he's done wrong on the field or off the field. I think it's unfair. I mean, the guy a guy's a guy, a man of faith. You know, he he definitely talks about that a lot as part of who he is. He talks about it in his books. The guy has done nothing wrong. He w- puts the work in. He's a champion. You know, in the in a collegiate level and. You know, he's he's been successful. He did his best in the NFL. You know, even if you're not Tim Tebow and you're a quarterback of a a major college, it doesn't make doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna be successful in the NFL. So he hasn't done anything different. You know, he did he he did win a playoff game, you know, for the Broncos. So I, I really don't think it's fair all the hate that Tim Tebow gets and I don't think it's fair now that he's gotten signed that people are making a comparison between him and Colin. And I, I think Tim Tebow didn't do anything wrong in this situation. Urban knows him. They have a lot of history. It's like you said, yeah. it's the connection. They have, they have a, they go way back. They won a championship together. So, hey, if I become a head coach, and it is a player that helped me out when I was in college. I would definitely reach out to them and see if, like you said, Tim has been keeping in great shape. You know, credit to him. He's in phenomenal shape. He works out all the time. He's he All the time I follow Tim, he's always working out. Give credit for that, and, you know, he's done nothing wrong. So people need to stop being so hateful towards Tim, Tim Tebow. I agree with you. It's unwarranted.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll be interesting to see. Evidently, he's already had a lot of his uh, Jacksonville Jaguars jerseys. Uh, sell they're one of the most popular ones in the last week to two weeks or so so we'll see how that goes here over the next uh, several months now Tim just retired from playing uh, minor league baseball for the last five or six years want to get caught up on some MLB news here tonight Um, obviously we're almost two months into the season now so we're almost at the one-third mark this is where teams typically can kind of determine whether they're in the race whether they're out of the race or whether they're kind of on the line, that one third mark is a pretty good barometer of uh, of determining. And uh, there's a handful of teams that are pretty much out of the race at this point that are just, you know, you know, they're not going to get there. Baltimore is one of them. Um, there may be a handful of other Pittsburgh is probably really not in, in shape, but it, the, the nice thing about baseball and the way they've changed things the last 10 to 15 years to make it more competitive you might see 20 teams that are still competitive all the way through August, and obviously they start dropping as you get into September and the, the, uh, the hotter days of the summer. But um, we talked about this when Lou was on before. The Yankees are starting to get hot. Um, yeah. That's a really great-looking – honestly, that's a really great-looking AL East right now because you really can't count out Tampa. I mean, no. they're always sneaky good no matter what their roster looks like. Boston has obviously been leading that division for a good uh, good chunk of time here. The team that scares me in that division the most, if they can get any pitching help, is the Toronto Blue Jays. That offense is tremendous. That lineup can just mash with the best of them. And uh, if they can get any consistency, if they can go out and grab a, a Max Scherzer or somebody like that at the deadline, they might be a World Series contender at that point. So um, some bad news today. For my team, uh, Atlanta, it looks like Mike Soroka may, it's not official yet, but it looks like he may miss the rest of the season, which really doesn't bode well for Atlanta's rotation. He actually got injured, I believe it was his third start this past year, where he tore his Achilles tendon, which is a very painful injury. He had some setbacks from that here earlier on in spring training, and then he had some shoulder inflammation. And unfortunately, it's just been one of those things where one injury after the next has unfortunately possibly cost him a second consecutive uh, season. Um, Mike Trout is out for a while now. That's unfortunate for him. Also another injury to the – we praise Marcelo Zuna uh, dislocated and broke, I believe, two, one, one or two fingers here in a headfirst slide on Tuesday night in Boston and unfortunately, that's another injury that's going to keep him out for at least six weeks. So we're seeing a lot of injuries happen. Those are always the things that people worry about. Game's not won on paper. Obviously, good lineups and good rosters look good, but then you get an injury. Your Yankees have had some injury issues here the last year or so. So it's one of those things where it's all about how much depth that you have. We'll kind of see how things go from there.
2: They're absolutely right. You got to stay healthy especially in, in baseball I know it's no such thing as perfect help but you don't want a lot of your big guys going down at the same time and you know the the Braves are they're two and a half out they're tied with the Phillies and the Mets are leading the division so what are your thoughts on the Braves at this point
0: well, I'm looking at this whole entire division from top to bottom. It's pretty stacked. I mean, even the team that probably has the biggest kind of what-if or, or or almost like a head-scratching moment is the Marlins. If they can get their consistency together, they've got a lot of talent. They're very well stacked. I think they could surprise some people in the second half of the season. Um, talked about the Mets leading the division right now. They have the biggest injury issue of any team in baseball right now they have I think seven or eight players that are currently on the injured list of players that were starters for them when the season began so so they've got a lot of issues uh Noah Sindergaard I believe is going to miss more time I'm not a, a 100% certain on what his setback was uh Jacob DeGrom is just now coming back uh two of their outfielders are hurt this is kind of the Mets storyline the last several years they've had a lot of talent on the field or on paper anyways on their actual roster but then they've not been able to keep everybody healthy which is unfortunate so um I'm gonna go with just just from the they were the team that was doubted the last couple years and they still wound up winning even with injuries I still think that the Braves are the team to beat in the division but I I will say the division has gotten a lot better. You know, Philadelphia is right there. I mentioned the Marlins before. The Mets are probably the wild card because if they can get healthy, they're certainly right there. And let's not forget the Nationals. They won the World Series two years ago. And, you know, they've got a lot of talent there. In Washington, I think they were a better team after Bryce Harper left. They obviously won the World Series. So, you know, if they can get their pitching healthy and keep their lineup relatively you know clean and everything stays pretty solid there i mean we might not know who wins that division till the last couple of weeks of the season it's just one of those yeah. things that may happen that way so um really as a baseball enthusiast and anyone who's an enthusiast of baseball to see mike trout the best talent in the game right now out for any period of time i think he's going to miss six to eight weeks that's just a real bummer i mean we had a a shortened season last year, so we didn't get to see the full ability of him to put up big numbers, and then he's going to miss some significant time this year on a team that, unfortunately, I just cannot understand the Angels. They they, they spend a lot of money, and they have just not been able to get the, the results they've wanted the last several years. So
2: and That's the reason why I was saying they, I was really against them getting rid of Albert Pujols, but it worked out. And I did want to give Albert Pujols some some props. So Albert Pujols, you know, I did see him give a little fan that was by the dugout a pound. Kid must have been about maybe three or four years old. And Mm -hmm. then he gave his bat. Then he gave his bat. I don't know if you saw that. Yep. And he gave his bat. I just think that's the great thing about Albert Pujols. The guy is definitely a great ambassador for baseball. You know, he didn't. He didn't do it for fanfare. He didn't do it to get his name in the paper. He didn't do it to get his social media. He did it on a sneak tip, and somebody caught it. You know, when you're a celebrity, someone's always filming something you're doing. Even when you don't think about it, and they caught that on camera. And I just thought it was really cool of him to do that, just to give him a bat. You know, I mean, that kid will always remember that. And his parents will always remember that. What are your thoughts on, on Albert giving up his bat?
0: Well, and we've seen this time and time again from him, and there's several. I mean, there's many, many other players that do this. Um, it, 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 I'm trying to remember who it was that made this comment. I think it was Willie Mays. Years and years and years ago said, you've got to play hard every time you go out there, and you've got to have a positive attitude every time you go out there. and I'm paraphrasing what he, what he said back in the day because you might do something – tomorrow in the next game that no one's ever seen happen before. And I would say that also includes the things you do off the field too. You know, baseball is a little kid's game. And these guys are adult men that play it for a living and get paid millions and millions of dollars to do it. And so it's really nice to see guys that are not wrapped up in, yes, winning and losing is important. We are fans and they're paid to do a job, either get guys out or score runs. But it is nice to see when the game is over or the game is starting, whatever the case is, for that. Field. I mean, he made a fan for life, and he might not even been a. I don't even know if the kid was a Dodgers fan. I, I don't. I don't remember what uh, uh, team he was rooting for. But you know, just to have that that moment, that kid, like you said, he'll never forget that the rest of his life, and he'll, whether he's a fan of the Dodgers or you know, fan of whoever that'll always be a moment that'll be linked in his life and he'll be able to tell kids, uh, his kids and grandkids when he's older, Hey, when I was six years old, Albert Pujols gave me a bat. And Albert Pujols name at that point will mean to those kids, what uh, Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron meant to you and I. So um, that's just a neat thing to hear. And, you know, I've had my run-ins with, with, uh, with different ball players over the years. I know you've met some, some pretty big names yourself, and it's always just a neat feeling it's a neat feeling for a grown man like myself uh, to uh to run into that kind of a situation, so I can't imagine I mean for a little kid to, to have that happen. and let me give you an example, and unfortunately, I couldn't talk last week, but last Friday was Bobby Cox, who was a longtime big league manager. It was his eightieth birthday, and I really wish I'd been able to be on to to uh give my take on him, but uh, about six years ago. I went to a spring training game, and I took my sons. They were obviously a little bit younger back then. And as the game ended, this is over in Kissimmee. I always like to try to go and get autographs, maybe get a baseball, run into somebody. Bobby Cox evidently was sitting in the stands, and he walked down towards where the team was at, and he he kind of rubbed shoulders with me. And you know, he's wearing street clothes. You know, he's he's not dressed in a uniform uniform at this point. He's retired and I looked at him and he knew, I knew who he was. And I said, Hey Bobby, how you doing? And patted him on the back and he said, Hey, nice to meet you. And then he he said, I got to get going. I got to go see the team. And I looked at my sons and I said, do you know who that was? And my oldest one, he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know who that is. And Bobby turns and looks at my sons and he says, young men, how are you doing? He shook their hand. And then he said, I got to get going. And that's kind of that same moment for them. They got to meet somebody that's obviously a, a, a legend, just the way that this young man got to meet and get the bat from Albert Pujols here uh, a few nights ago. So those are always great stories because those are things you'll remember for really the rest of your life.: Yeah, absolutely
2: right. I mean, us adults, we, you know we, we like the treatment of meeting a celebrity or meeting an athlete, just like kids do. So that kid uh, you know, and Albert making that great moment. Something you'll never forget i wanted to you know mention that uh java chamberlain is a guy who i've ran into a couple times and i gotta give him he's always been a very good signer and you always remember those things when you when you're adult you know and it's always cool that you want to win games you want to play competitive baseball you want to go out there and do your best but when it's time to go ahead and show appreciation to the fans go ahead and do it because you never know it, you know, it's good. It makes you feel good. It makes someone else feel good. And if anything, it's, it's good for the game. So you have, you have a right as a player to always give a good impression so that somebody who did make it or aspire to make it wants to continue to work hard to make it. And you always make it seem like, Hey, you know, I'm no different than you, you know, I'm a fan of the game, just like you are. And Mm -hmm. That's, that's a great thing, those moments. So it's always cool. But if Java Chamberlain is listening, definitely uh, we'd love to hear from you. I, I always I ran into a couple times when you're a player, and you've always been a great, great signer. I hope you do it well.
0: That's Java Chamberlain. Yep. Now, other uh, baseball-related uh, news here, and we talked about this um, briefly probably a month or so back. It's back in the news again, and that is – uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, and their saga with their, are we going to build a stadium in Ebor City? Are we going to split time between the Bay Area and uh, Montreal? And what's come to light, evidently, in the last uh, week, week and a half, is uh, principal owner Stuart Sternberg, who's owned the team since, I believe, 2004, may have had some backroom dealings, almost politician-like, <laughs> with uh, – with some investors (laughs) up in Montreal and may have actually uh, broken some rules with the lease agreement that the Rays have with the city of St. Petersburg, and he's now actually being sued by the minority investors of the Rays Ball Club. This is just getting kind of crazy and out of hand uh, to the degree where there are many that are actually calling for him to relinquish control of the team as the majority owner. I want to get your thoughts on that because I really feel like if this team is going to stay in the Bay Area, they've got to get a new ballpark. What are your thoughts on where things are right now for the Tampa Bay Rays?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. It is a dicey situation. I know that the majority owner wants to move the Rays and and get fans in any way possible. Even if that means, if that means, you know, like you said, Montreal moving the team, even if more people don't want the team to move. He seems very aggressive in doing that. The Rays right now are in first place. They're a game ahead of the Red Sox, two games ahead of the Yankees, in a very tough division. A.L. East is a tough division, one of the toughest, I believe, in the league. And for them to be number one with that young talent, this is what I come out on. I just I just think that the Rays, if they move to Ebor, you might get some – more fans, but I don't think you're going to get much more fans. Unfortunately, Florida is not a huge baseball state. As much as I really wanted it to be when I first moved here, being I was a big Yankee fan, I know the Yankees play in Tampa, Florida, I've learned when I moved out here, is basically into college football, number one, NASCAR number two, probably football I would say is number three. Did baseball Mm -hmm. in four or five. Unfortunately, that's the case. First, when I first moved out here, I've seen it and I experienced it. The Rays were not that good. They had they were called the Devil Rays at that time. And the Rays didn't start doing well until they took that name off. They, they changed it to the Rays. They, they changed for them, and they've actually, since that point, have been actually a very, very good team. They are always in contention now. They're not... Just the middle-of-the-road team now. Always pick up young talent. Having said all that, I think a new stadium would generate some new buzz, some new fans because they'll show up because of new stadium, something new. But I think once that the dust settles, I think it's going to be very similar to what you see in St. Pete. I just think the fact that the team is in St. Pete, it is a little bit of a drive to get there. I do agree with you on that. But it's not. if you go there early enough, it's not that bad of a drive. You can always get parking either in the stadium or around the stadium. It's a very fan-friendly ballpark. I don't think it's that bad of a ballpark myself. I, I mean, it's not. It's much better than Astrodome. I've been in Astrodome. I even played in Astrodome for a tryout. And I can tell you the Rays are a world ahead of it. I think I think the Rays are going to be the Rays. They got a competitive team. I don't think that's the factor. At first it was like, do you think it's that factor? I don't think that's a factor now. I just think that the Rays are playing in Florida where it's just not a big market, no matter where they play in Florida. So I understand his, his entrepreneurial spirit to get fans in there, but I think when you're breaking rules and you're doing stuff in the back room, that's not appropriate, and I don't, I don't agree with that. What are your thoughts on it?
0: Well, he should definitely be held accountable for, you know, if he's done anything that's broken any rules there, Major League Baseball is probably going to end up punishing him. Um, and we've seen this happen before. I mean, look, they—they, Major League Baseball has, in the past, suspended George Steinbrenner, um, Marge Schott when she was the owner of the Reds. Um, I believe Ted Turner, actually, at one point when he owned the Braves, had a suspension at one point um, levied on him. So this wouldn't shock me to see him get suspended and potentially relinquish control of the team. Now, I'm going to disagree with you on the stadium thing. They, they, In order to be competitive, they've got to get a new ballpark. Um, when you look at the rest of the league, with the exception of maybe the Oakland A's at this point, they don't have the amenities that all these new ballparks have. I do believe that the thing that's going to actually draw more fans in Tampa, especially if they build in the Eboard City area, that's an entire entertainment district down there. So what's happened, and you've you've noticed this has happened in San Diego probably 15 years ago. Atlanta did it here a couple years back. You have an entertainment venue and venues around that with a stadium at the center point. And so people aren't just going to see a ball game. They might go there to see a ball game, and then there's, uh, you know, uh, restaurants and shops and, you know, other entertainment things, movie theaters, concert halls, all around. So you're making it a multi-use area. That is the thing that I think is going to draw the rays to end up, if they stay in the Bay Area, end up moving to that specific area because – when they've done the research, the majority of the fans, the biggest part of the fan base, lives within about 20 miles, 20, 30 miles of that spot, including where you are in, I believe, the Brandon area, where I'm at over in Lakeland. There's a lot of fans that are in this area, in this vicinity, more of a majority than there are in St. Petersburg. And if you can put together an entertainment venue that includes a ballpark, includes those things I mentioned before, restaurants, restaurants shops and other entertainment things you know you think about it this way and i'm saying this kind of tongue-in-cheek tell your wife you want to go see a ball game well she doesn't really want to see a ball game well guess what if there's entertainment for her somewhere in the area you could see a ball game she goes and does (laughs) her thing so so and i really do mean that that is something that is something that's been taken into consideration in a lot of places uh you've seen other ballparks do this if you ever go out to san diego where Petco Park is. They've got all kinds of eateries and and places to go and And, you know, you can watch a game from a different vantage point kind of a thing. So I think that's the trend that's going to take off even further. And I think if Tampa can get that in Ybor City, Ybor City is already a huge entertainment district. Right around the corner, you've got where the Lightning play, Channel 5, that district is all entertainment. You've got the Aquarium and all the other, things that go on there, it could really become a happening place. I think the popularity of that is, you know, people who may not have been interested in seeing a ball game before may now be interested because it's right there. So I think to me, if they're going to stay in the Bay area and they're going to thrive, they've got to get something done. And here's the thing that the the clock is ticking on their lease runs out after the 2027 season. So you have got about five or six years or so. And you know, the Browns, no one ever thought they would leave Cleveland, and lo well and behold, Art Model found a deal to move them to Baltimore, and of course, the rest is history there. If Tampa loses its team, whether they go to Nashville, Charlotte, Montreal, or wherever else they might be rumored to go, Tampa will never get a team back again. That's not a market that's going to be big enough to support a, a second franchise uh, in the future, so... If they're going to get something done, it's got to be done in the next couple years, and they need to really kind of get going on it. And unfortunately, I think the guy who's in the way right now is Stuart Sternberg. Now, I want to put this out there. He's probably not listening to us tonight, but if anyone knows Stuart Sternberg, who's listening to our show, maybe we have this all wrong about him. I want to invite him onto our show. We'll give him first first word on everything. We'll do an exclusive if we have to, to – Tell us you know, where we're wrong or where our assessments are wrong or where the, the media's perception is incorrect on where things stand right now. You know, we want to see the race stay here as badly as anybody. So we want to invite uh, Stuart Sternberg, if he's listening or gets an opportunity to hear this, to come on to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Let us know where you stand. Tell us what's going on. How can we help in maybe getting the right words out there? Uh, we would certainly yeah. love that opportunity.
2: Absolutely. And I would love to hear his insight From, hey, moving the team, what type of upside is there? Do you think it really is going to be in your best interest financially to move? You know, I would like to hear those things, and we would love to have them as guests on our show so that, you know, we can hear some of the dealings. Please come on and reach out to us. We would like to get the facts straight and give get your opinion.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We are standing by. We will certainly – Certainly uh, take the opportunity to uh, to meet with you or to speak with you here uh, anytime. We would definitely love that opportunity. As we get towards the uh, end of our show here tonight, this has been the, um, the ever-going uh, drama. This is, I guess, the soap opera of the week. Got to check in on Aaron Rodgers and what's going hey. on between him and the Green Bay Packers. It's been kind of quiet here. Uh, what is new in the world of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers?
2: Aaron's been basically living his best life, vacationing, and then he did the interview also on ESPN, and he basically said that he, you know, he doesn't, the philosophy, he doesn't agree with the philosophy, and he stuck to that line. And this thing is, is you know, it's, it still can kind of mend fences, but I have to agree with you. You mentioned this a couple times that... Aaron's ego is starting to really show a bit. I mean, yes, yeah. you had an MVP season. I get that. And you're Aaron Rodgers and all that. But when you start thinking you're bigger than the organization and it's my way or the highway, that usually does not bode well for you. And I, I think I think the Packers need to make a decision on whether they are going to make him the quarterback or not. And they need to do that ASAP because he, he hasn't showed up as of yet and he's living his best life. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think he needs to really – I have no problem with him going out to Hawaii. That's his own personal decision to go out there. I think that, again, you know, this is, like I said, a soap opera. This is Days of Our Lives, Aaron Rodgers' edition um, at this point. I think that I think that his ego I, – I don't know if there's been a bigger ego in the NFL since primetime Deion Sanders played. I mean <laughs> –
1: <laughs> with with, with and, and at least he was humble
0: in the end. You know, that, that's the thing about, about Deion Sanders. At least he became humble in the end. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has humble in his vocabulary at this point. And I'm going to be critical of him, even though I'm a Packers fan. I'm going to be critical of him. I think that what this is going to do, the locker room is not going to want to work with him. And football is the ultimate team sport. And I've said this time and time again. He may not necessarily be ready to play yet, but you drafted Jordan Love in the first round. He traded up to get him, in fact, a year ago. He is your future quarterback. You may want to just say, hey, let's just cut all losses now. Even if you have a rough 2021 season, you still have an excellent roster. And, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I'm not denying that at all. But what good does it do a team and a player even at that point when you have all this talent – but you want to make it all about you. And you want to make it all about you don't agree with the philosophy. You're employed by the Green Bay Packers. You're going to go with whatever philosophy they tell you to go with. Make it the best situation. I'm going to say this. Had they won a Super Bowl in the last two years, this probably would have come out differently. So I think a little bit of this does have to do with we've had some close calls. We haven't quite made it to the top yet. But I also think at the same time that this is also Aaron Rodgers thinking he can do it better, and I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think that he needs to say, look, I'm on board with the game plan that this team has. It's really – he needs to either get on board with it now or get out of town. And I, I would say that about any any player on any, any sports team that I'm a fan of or just watching from afar uh, as well. You can't think you're bigger than the team because once you do that, you've already lost.
2: No, I agree. And and that's what it is. Like, you know, there has to be some humility to Aaron, like, okay, I get it. You don't sometimes agree with the calls or the, the play calling, their philosophy you don't agree with, but you're employed by them. You got to get on board with it. Meaning if you're the quarterback and you're not on board with the philosophy of the coach and the plays that they're doing, then guess what? It's going to filter from you down to the players. And are you going to really want to run the plays that everybody's disagreeing with? No. So you're the leader. You have to just say, you know what, this I'm out here to play my game, do my very best, and run the plays that are being called. That's part of the gig. Like, you may not like the calls. You may not agree with them. But, hey, you're the leader of the team. You can't disagree with the philosophy and, and vocalize that and expect it to be okay. Like, I actually think by the Packers kind of like wilting on this and kind of abiding by what Aaron says at this point, they're not showing their backbone. Like, to yeah. me, as an organization, as much as I like Aaron Rodgers, I think he's, like you said, a great player. He really is. I think the best thing to do is you you trade it up to get Jordan Love. And, yes, he had an MVP season, but if you're not going to be on the same page, you've got to move on. That's my thought about this at this point. It's a distraction.
0: Yeah, no, it's 100% a distraction. And I would say actually a better comparison in terms of ego and just getting in the way of his own self and really his team. I go back to 2004 when the 49ers traded Terrell Owens to the Eagles. Yeah. And that was a initially, that was a match made in heaven. You have Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid who is one of the best coaches in NFL history in my opinion certainly a Hall of Fame coach and obviously he's he's coached a lot of great quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb needed a guy like Terrell Owens and Terrell Owens ego had really at that point never been bigger and of course they go to a Super Bowl. Now, granted, I'll give Theo credit. He played in that Super Bowl even though he was pretty, pretty banged up. He had had some, some knee injuries, I think, that had happened earlier that season, if I remember correctly. They end up going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they lose to the Patriots. But what happened after that, that, that marriage faded pretty quick. I mean, right after that, things started to go south. Um, you know, he had bad uh, Jeff Garcia when he was in San Francisco. He started to turn on Donovan McNabb it started to become the TO show. And of course he ends up leaving after that. So, so I think there's there's a lot of similarities there um, where again, you've got a a player who just has a big personality, nothing wrong with that, but also a big ego. And that ego has really gotten in Aaron Rodgers' way. And I, I do think that it's time to turn the page, move on, cut all your losses, shake hands and move on. I think that's just the right way to go about it. And, I would say this about any player, even if it's my favorite player, you know, you, you can't think you're bigger than the team. The, the team was there long before you were, and Green Bay has been there for a long time, 100 years now. Aaron, you, you've been there for, for 16 years. You've had some great runs. But, you know, look, Brent Favre didn't play there longer than that, and neither did Bart Starr. And there's there's going to become a time where you just got to say it's time for me to, to move on, and I think this is that time. So, um some last uh things here as the show closes out tonight. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this. So I believe you mentioned uh the situation with uh with Janoris Jenkins. Tell us a little bit about what happened there. Absolutely. Janoris Jenkins is, is uh
2: <laughs> he had his Rolls Royce rave stolen. Check this out. In the economy parking lot at the airport in West Palm Beach. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And he was traveling for thirty days. I'm like, first of all, I feel bad that you got the car stolen, but who parks a Rolls Royce Wraith in a West Palm Beach parking lot in the economy lot? Come on, man! Why are you parking a Wraith in the economy lot? Like, you don't you're not driving a regular Toyota or Honda. I mean, all due respect to Toyotas and Hondas, I respect those cars but you're driving a $250,000 Rolls
0: Royce. <laughs> <laughs> so, Why right. are you even parking that in a parking lot anywhere? I don't care if it's the economy a lot. That seems like too, too nice a car to trust to our crazy society that we live in today. And parking it at a parking lot for, you said, 30 days, I mean, <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, he
2: got it stolen. And, he, and I'm like, first of all, you should have just Ubered to the airport and left your Rolls Royce in the garage, that's what you should have done. You shouldn't have taken it and it it got stolen and nobody has any answers. Well, you reported it 30 days later because you were on vacation. And not only that, you know, no one's given any sympathy for you because of the fact that you parked in an economy lot. Like, okay, you paid more for parking than you would have paid for an Uber. Or had somebody dropped you there, you don't park a Rolls-Royce race in the economy lot, folks. I want you to know that. If you're lucky enough to, you're blessed enough to drive a Rolls-Royce, kudos (laughs) to you. You're not parking in the economy lot. (laughs) Sorry. You know, and this car got stolen. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but you're not going to get sympathy for that you just not. <laughs> you put a, an economy lot. An economy lot. I know that these fellas, they go from really rough neighborhoods to a bunch of money. But you got to understand what you are driving, what you have. If you buy a Lamborghini, you buy a Rolls Royce, <laughs> you're not driving an everyday car. You have yep. to think this is what comes with it. You can't take it to any repair shop, and you cannot park it any place. That's what comes into the territory when you drive in expensive cars. Yep. Do not park at Rolls-Royce Rain in an economy lot when you go on a vacation for over 30 days. Even If you go on a vacation for a couple of days, don't park in an economy lot.
0: And it's perfectly yeah. fine to park a Toyota or a Honda there. I would do that myself. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, I, I and again, don't distract anybody who's driving those cars. You <laughs> got a like $250,000 Rolls-Royce. This is the tightest quarterback, Janoris Ginkins. And, man. <laughs> and, and he returned home to find his cover stolen. So don't, don't do it. <laughs> That's what I had to say about Janoris.
0: <laughs> and definitely get good insurance, too. We can't endorse any particular groups, but uh, we certainly would advise to Make sure you're well covered. So
2: that's true. <laughs> well covered. It's going to spend $50,000 on a Rolls Royce. <laughs> All
0: right. Anything else on the on the agenda here tonight? Yeah, just a couple of quick things. And uh,
2: with golf, the P.J. tournament, I have to give uh, Phil Nicholson Nicholson uh, definitely congratulations. Being the, the fifty fifty years old winning a P.J. Masters tournament, definitely. That's 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 awesome,
0: and yeah, way to go, Lefty! Uh, what a what a what a win there! I think he's the oldest to ever win a major, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So
2: he is, and congratulations
0: on winning that! I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. One
2: thing I did want to say is, uh, <laughs> one thing I did want to say is, I I guess the one thing I don't like is how people. Throw Tiger in the conversation with Phil winning his Masters at fifty. I, I'm a big Tiger Woods fan. I love Tiger Woods, both good and bad things that he's been through. But Phil Nickerson is definitely a great guy. He signs autographs. I even got Phil's autograph. I mean, that's that's he was very yeah. he's very uh, fan friendly. He won't sign any golf balls. At least he said that there. A guy <laughs> a guy really wanted his golf ball signed, which I had I think I had a flag for him to sign and he signed it and he signed, you know, just about everybody's autograph there too. But he would not sign a golf ball that a guy wanted to sign. He he said he does not sign golf balls. Every athlete has their own little things and he Phil said, I do not sign golf balls. This is going back about you know, about eight years ago, or so so mm-hmm. his feelings have changed, but at the time he says, I, I don't sign golf balls. And he even asked the guy, do you have anything else for me to sign? And the guy was persistent on him signing a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, the guy is willing to sign something for you. He won't sign a golf ball. Get him something else to sign or do something quick, get a flag or something. He's willing to sign it. So don't pass up an autograph, but,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: And a golf ball yeah. is not
0: an easy thing to sign either. I mean, it's, it's I mean, tiny and the, the dimples and that, it's just, that's probably not easy to sign either. So that make more sense to have it on a, a flag or a picture or a hat or, you know,
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
0: congrats to Phil. He's always been one of my favorites. So I've always, I've always liked left-handed golfers because there's so few of them out there. Uh Bubba Watson is one of the only other ones out there that I uh, really follow. So good to see um, Phil, especially late in his career, get another major championship win. It's definitely good to see that happen.
2: Absolutely. It is. It is. And I definitely think you take away from Phil's win by bringing up Tiger, let Phil have his day. It's you know, yeah. two, different, two different individuals. They have two different accomplishments. That is a major accomplishment winning at 50 years old. No one's ever done it at that age, you know, so congratulations to Phil on that. And in boxing news, the only thing I just really want to say is that I still think that Mayweather's going to win that fight that's coming up, not this weekend, the following weekend. I think he wins against Logan Paul on a decision, pretty easy day for him at the office, and that's my prediction And we'll see. I'll talk more about it when we get closer to the fight, which is going to be next week, next uh, weekend, I should say. But, yeah, that's pretty much the boxing news of this week.
0: All right. Well, another great show here tonight on May 28th, 2021. Our month of May is now wrapped up. We look forward to getting back to you here next week on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio podcast. Signing off here tonight, thank you so much everyone for tuning in. If you weren't able to listen to the entire show, you can find us again on iHeartRadio and I believe we'll have our uh, Facebook page also have it uh, posted there as well. So for Alan, this is Aaron signing off tonight. Thank you so much for listening, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to the
0: Eminem Avens Postal Podcast.
1: <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.